Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we're looking at an article that is in the August 2023 edition of the Leahona Magazine. It was written by Dr. Jason R. Combs, who is an assistant professor of ancient scripture at Brigham Young University. The title of his piece is Paul's Metaphors of Salvation in Their Ancient Context. One of the reasons why this caught our attention is because a lot of the things that Dr. Combs has to say about words used in the Book of Romans, such as justification, grace, propitiation, and atonement, we don't have a real problem with it. And we're going through this piece because we're pretty sure that a lot of Latter-day Saints are going to be giving photocopies of this article to their evangelical friends, saying, look, we believe just like you do when it comes to how mankind is justified and or forgiven. But there are some things in the article that make us wonder where Dr. Combs is coming from on some issues. And in yesterday's show, we brought out how he cites from Romans chapter 3, verse 20. He says, Paul refers to this psalm, and he's speaking of Psalm 143, 2, which I should probably read. It says, For in thy sight shall no man living be justified. And then he goes on to say, Paul refers to this psalm in Romans 3.20 by the deeds of the law, and then in brackets he has of Moses there shall no flesh be justified in, in brackets, God's sight. I brought attention to this yesterday because it made me wonder, is Dr. Combs separating the law of Moses from, let's say, celestial law, which is absolutely mandatory if a Latter-day Saint hopes to find himself or herself in the celestial kingdom, which, of course, I don't think the Apostle Paul had the celestial kingdom in mind at all in any of his writings, because this is something that's pretty unique to Mormonism. But yet, the fact that he puts of Moses in brackets makes me ask that question. I don't know if that's what Dr. Combs is trying to imply. I have no idea. But it did strike me as interesting that he's trying to make it sound that no one is going to be justified by the deeds of the law of Moses— but it makes me wonder, Dr. Combs, do you believe that someone can actually be justified by the deeds of celestial law? Because that is a doctrine in, in Mormonism today. Let me go to the Come Follow Me for Individuals and Families curriculum, New Testament 2023, that the church members are supposed to read every week. And this is from August 7 through 13, 2023, in the lesson on the first part of Romans. And this is what it says. When... Paul wrote of the law, he was referring to the law of Moses. The word works in Paul's writings referred to outward actions associated with the law of Moses. Consider how the law of Moses and the works required under it are different from the law of faith described in Romans 3, 23-31. From what you just read, it sounds like 
whoever wrote that in that curriculum was supporting the idea that there are works that you must do. It's just they're apart from the law of Moses. Now, let me show you why I don't believe that. If you look at Romans chapter 4, this is what it says. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now, the reason why I say that the curriculum that you cited from gets it wrong is because Abraham did not have the law of Moses. And yet Paul is making it very clear that he was not justified by works in general. He's not trying to imply that he was justified by the works of the law of Moses. There was no law of Moses at this time. I think you're bringing out a great point, because how could that be the law of Moses if Abraham was before the law of Moses? And you go to the New Testament, and you look at the book of Galatians. You look at the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works. It's not talking about the Mosaic law. It's talking about works in general, all the things that you do. And we have to understand, too, Paul is writing to Romans, to the Ephesians and Galatians. He's not writing to just Jewish believers. He's writing to Gentiles, who would not have assumed that that was referring to the law of Moses. Well, if Abraham was justified by his faith and we believe that the Bible, as Paul says, that he justifies the ungodly. I have to ask the question, if that's so, then why did Joseph Smith, in chapter 4 of the Joseph Smith translation, translate it, but to him that seeketh not to be justified by the law of works, but believeth on him who justifieth not the ungodly? His faith is counted for righteousness. What is that supposed to mean? He doesn't justify the ungodly? But yet, when we look across the page here in the Joseph Smith translation, and we look to Romans chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore you are justified of faith and works through grace. But yet in Romans chapter 3, Joseph Smith tells us, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith alone, without the deeds of the law. You see, folks, this is a clear example of a charlatan changing the word of God, and he's not being consistent when he does so. This makes no sense whatsoever, but I'm not surprised because it's coming from Joseph Smith. This, there's no ancient texts in the Greek or any other language for that matter, Reformed Egyptian if you even want to go there, that justifies what Joseph Smith puts in 
Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 4 in the Joseph Smith translation. So what you're saying, Bill, let me just make sure everybody understands that there is no textual evidence whatsoever for the changes that Joseph Smith made in Romans 3 and 4. Right. When we read, for instance, in Romans chapter 3, in in verse 28 in the Joseph Smith translation, it says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith alone without the deeds of the law. Now, we would believe in that. I believe that's a true statement. I don't believe the ancient text said alone but it didn't have to because there's other places that imply that that's exactly what it's talking about. Why Joseph Smith put the word alone in there without any Greek support whatsoever, I can't explain, but he did it. And it's in the Joseph Smith translation. The problem, of course, is when you look down into chapter four in verse five, where it says that God justifies not the ungodly, but he does justify the ungodly. Let's thank God he justifies the ungodly or none of us would ever be saved. But then in verse 16 of chapter four in the Joseph Smith translation, Joseph Smith says, therefore you are justified of faith and works through grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed. That conflicts with Romans chapter 3, verse 28, in the Joseph Smith translation, where he inserts the word alone, where it reads that we are justified by faith alone without the deeds of the law. The thing that we need to take away from this is you can't just say that Paul was referring to just following Mosaic law, thinking that's going to save you. Paul makes it clear nobody's going to follow the Mosaic law to the letter. And he says in order to be justified by the law of Moses, you would have to follow that law to the letter. Paul makes it clear in Galatians that nobody's doing that. And because you're not doing that, you're coming under condemnation if that's how you think you're going to be justified. James uses the same idea in James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 10, he says something very similar to what Paul says in Galatians. He says, look, if, if you don't follow the law in every area, it's as if you've broken all of them. Now, I know Latter-day Saints love to quote James 2.20, faith without works is dead, which, of course, we would agree with that. A living faith is going to have works, but that's sanctification. That's not justification. I'm just curious when I look at this article, because what we said earlier in this week, a lot of what Dr. Combs says, I don't think much of us as evangelicals would have any problem. But we also have to understand this through the lens of a Latter-day Saint and what they've been told in the past as far as what justifies them. And it sounds like what Dr. Combs is saying does not always fall in line with what past leaders have said. And I'm asking the question, why is the church doing this then? Are they playing their hand that maybe down the road they're going to start coming in our direction and believing in justification by faith alone, a doctrine that past leaders have said is a pernicious doctrine or an evil doctrine? Or is this meant to appease perhaps some Latter-day Saint members who are struggling with this idea of being justified by faith and works, as it says in the Joseph Smith translation in chapter 4? I don't know. 
you bring out the Joseph Smith translation, also known as the Inspired Version, that Joseph Smith finished in July of 1833. So it is something that is used by church leaders, even though it's not an official translation. But we have to understand, this is a translation, I use that word loosely, that is used all the time in the Come, Follow Me series. How do I know that? Because I read this every week. Whenever they need to explain something that's not really clear in the text, they bring out the Joseph Smith translation to help them. And in this article, they have a box on page U4, and they use the Joseph Smith translation for Romans 3.24. It says, in his inspired translation of Romans 3.24, Joseph Smith emphasized that we are entirely dependent on the Savior, quote, being justified only by his grace, end quote. That's Romans 3.24 in the Joseph Smith translation. You using the Joseph Smith translation is what they're doing in this in, in these pages, even though we don't know if Jason Combs is the one who wrote those boxes. Well, I, I wonder what Dr. Combs would say about Romans 3.28 in the Joseph Smith translation. If, if it's going to be cited in a box, and again, we don't even know if Dr. Combs wrote what is in those boxes in this article. Was that something that Dr. Combs inserted in his article as a side note? Or it could have been that an editor's reading this going, whoa, Dr. Combs is sounding pretty evangelical there. I think we need to tone this down a little bit. And so what they do is they put these boxes in there that, in my opinion, seem to refute everything that Dr. Combs is seemingly trying to get across. And in doing so, you would think this only causes even more confusion, because if he's going to cite Romans 3.24 from the Joseph Smith translation, I'm wondering, why did not the box also contain Romans 3.28 that says, man is justified by faith alone without the deeds of the law? And you would think that would also include celestial law as it's understood in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.